Thanks for joining us. This is a LC podcast sermon. Well, if you have your Bibles with you, turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1. I'm going to start there. 2 Timothy chapter 1, we're going to start in verse 7. Second Timothy one seven, say amen if you're there. Nobody's there. Say amen if you're there. There you go. A couple of you are finding. All right. Starting in verse seven, it says, "For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind." I'm reading that from the King James this morning, and a few of the scriptures I want to share from the King James. Because the message I have for you today is a message of power. It's a message of conquer. And I just kind of like the formal English of the King James, so I'm going to be reading, reading a, a lot of the Scriptures from the King James because I just like the way they sound. Uh, somebody once said they like King James, New King James. Folks, it doesn't matter which version of the Bible you read. It's all God's anointed Word. You read whichever one you can understand the best. Amen? You read the one you can understand. I, I will say, though, I don't want anyone reading the Queen James. Because that Bible's specifically directed toward a lifestyle that's not compatible with God's Word. Alright. So how many of you have ever experienced fear? How many have ever been scared? Okay, all you people didn't raise your hand. The altar's open if you need to repent for lying. At one time or another, I would say at least... One time in our lives, every one of us have had fear. When we were, when we were younger, I, I used to think there was a green-eyed monster that lived under my bed. And at night, I was scared of the dark and had to have nightlights. I still have nightlights, but it's not because I'm scared. It's because I don't like bumping into stuff if I have to get up in the middle of the night. But fear is not from God. And, he, and Paul is telling Timothy, uh, his young mentee that he mentored for many years, He's telling Timothy, he says, don't be afraid to do what you need to do. God has called you to preach His Word. You need to let go of the fear and don't let anything hold you back. Don't don't care what people think. A lot of people's fears today that keep them from being successful in life is because they're afraid of what other people think. Number one fear, according to a survey, people are scared to, to speak in public to speak in front of a group, whether it's a a group like here or a large group. People are afraid of public speaking. In fact, they said, uh, I forget what comes next, but I think the fear of death was number three. Public speaking, number one fear of most people. I don't know what concerns you today or what things make you anxious, but God don't want us to live in fear. He don't want us to, to be anxious. He don't want us to worry about anything. He has given us a a spirit of power and a sound mind. And if we know what His Word says, and we've got it passed here into here, we can conquer that fear. God don't want us to be scared. He wants us to trust in Him, have faith in Him, and press on and walk through life in power. Fear can cripple people. Fear has crippled this nation as we speak. People, there are people out there that are scared to death to go out of their houses still today. This coronavirus has got people scared. The weather, the changing times, the state of our government. There's people out there that just worry, 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 and are scared and afraid and anxious because of all this stuff that's going on in our world. i give you a little secret. I, got, I used to, to be anxious about certain things and God grabbed me one day and He got my head straight on that. And I'm going to share the Scripture in a moment that He gave me for that. But we don't need to leave, live in fear. Fear is a spirit. There is a spirit of fear that tries to come upon people and, and, and uh, tear them down because fear, it, fear is the opposite of faith. If the devil can get us scared, worried, anxious, uneasy, whatever you want to call it, 
If He can get us to that point, then He's slowly eroding in our faith. Because fear and faith cannot live together. They're opposing forces. And if we let fear cripple us, our faith is either gone or very weak. That's the plan of the devil. He wants to tear us down. He wants to use fear. He's like the old bully that used to bully little kids on the playground. How many ever been bullied? I did. They used to make fun of me. I was a little kid. That's the way the devil works. He tries to, to make you scared. And a lot of times if you stand up to the bully, you end up beating him. You end up beating him. You just got to stand up to him and use the power that you have. How many of you ever had to stand up to a bully? Amen. The devil's a bully and he tries to use that fear to beat us up with fear. But God does not want us to do that. Uh, he's talking to us today. Fear starts inside of you. It's the number one weapon that he, that he uses. The devil moves and tries to get us to respond to his fear. And if we let that fear overtake us, then we're going to have a drop or a diminishing faith. And God expects us not to fear. In fact, it's a sin to fear and worry. We should not do that. Alright, let's flip over to Matthew. I want to give you an example, uh, one of my favorite examples of how fear creeps in and, and cancels your faith. Matthew chapter 14. I'm going to talk about one of my favorite people in the Bible. Peter. I love Peter. I love the way he is. He kind of reminds me of him. Besides that, Peter was a fisherman. And I like people that fish. Chapter 14 in the book of Matthew, starting in verse 22. It says, Immediately, he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but the boat by this time was a long, was lo was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately, Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And Jesus answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Now, this particular story happens after Jesus had just performed the miracle of feeding the 5,000 with a couple of fish and a couple of hunks of bread. He just performed this massive miracle. The disciples saw this miracle, and you would have thought nothing that they could see Jesus do would ever surprise them. They, they should, if someone can take a, a couple of fish and a few pieces of bread and multiply them and feed 5,000 plus people, and that was just the men because they didn't count women and children, it was actually more than 5,000. Because when they, when they did their counts, they usually didn't, they only counted the men. So the, with the women and children, he fed even more than 5,000. But if, if he can do that, why should I doubt that he can walk on the water? Why should I be uh, scared? Why should I wonder if that was him? They thought he was a ghost when they seen him coming. They were scared. Fear began to grip them and said, there's a ghost coming at us. And then when, when, when Peter saw him, Peter's faith in him, he said, uh, uh, he calmed them. They recognized his voice and they all calmed down. Peter, being a little doubtful, being a little unsure, he says, Lord, if that's really you, ask me to come and I'll, and I'll come. He said, come. It's me. So 
when Peter began to step out and he had his eyes on Jesus, he's walking on the water. I hope I get that good. So I hope my faith strong enough I can take off and walk across the lake. There was one, one person said he was practicing. I don't know. But he was so full of faith and so believing, if it's you, Lord, I'll come. He's doing it. He's walking on the water. If he had, if he had just kept his eyes on Jesus and kept walking toward him, he would have got, he, he would have been okay. But as soon as the storm started raging around him, he took his eyes off Jesus and put it on the storm. And what happened? He began to sink. I know today that none of us do that. None of us get our eyes off of Jesus and look at our problems or our situations and begin to shrink a little bit. We begin to sing. It's easy to do if you get your eyes off of the one who saved you and redeemed you. If we can keep God first and foremost in our lives, it don't matter what the situation is. The answer is Jesus. It don't matter what you're facing. It don't matter what the doctor has said. It don't matter. Jesus is the answer. He can fix it. Peter let that force of fear creep in and it canceled out his faith. You can't have fear and faith working together. It's one or the other. Either you've got faith that God's going to bring you through it. i got faith. That's Jesus. I'm going to walk on this water. I'm going to put the devil under my feet. I'm going to put my problems under my feet. I'm not worried about anything that's coming at me. I've got my faith in God. But if you let fear creep in, doubt, fear, anxieties, they can, they can hurt you. It'll tear you apart. That's a trick of the devil. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and a sound mind. And if our mind is full, if we've renewed our mind with the Word of God, there's no way that fear and anxiety should creep in and destroy our lives. It just shouldn't happen. They don't go together. They're opposing forces. Just like light and darkness can't be together. The light runs the darkness away. If we could get the light of the Word in our hearts, there is nothing that we could face that could, that could separate us from God. There is nothing we could face that's stronger than the power of the living God who created the universe, who's not scared of any of these situations that we're seeing today that's got people worried. We serve a big God, folks. He's bigger than that. Quit putting God in the box. Quit, quit letting the problem be bigger than the one who created the universe. There is no problem. No problem bigger than God. I don't care what it is. Even death, if you die, it don't matter. Death can't separate you from God. In fact, death takes you closer to God. Oh man, I hope we get this this morning. Because there's so many of us, we let little things become big things because we let them roll around in our mind. And the devil sends that spirit of fear and he starts blowing them out of proportion. And it begins to destroy our faith and or weaken our faith. I know it's hard. We're human. I know. And I experience these same things that, that I know you guys do. And, and there's times when, but, but if I can just, the quicker you can say, okay, I recognize this. That's fear trying to come at me. That's worry trying to come in. We pick this word up and we start reading in there. Whatever the problem is, it, the answer's in here. You can find it and you call out to the Most High God and ask Him to help you with this thing that's causing you this problem. He can solve it, folks. He can solve it. Peter let this force of fear overcome him and he started sinking. He got scared because of the storm. Hey, I was on the lake the past couple of days and I got caught in a storm. We heard up and got off the lake. We were smart enough. I used my sound mind to get away from the forces of nature that were threatening. The nature that God created. Sometimes it happens. We need rain. We need, we need the weather. And sometimes when warm fronts and cold fronts collide, we get some bad weather. And I don't like bad weather when I'm on a boat with a lightning rod in my hand. Okay? So I, I, I began to, I, I was smart enough to get on it. But God gives us a sound mind, and He gives us the power to overcome the fear and, and the uh, attacks of the enemy. So if we can put our sound mind together with the wisdom that with God gives us, and we put those together and we begin to overcome that fear. 
We begin to step out and fight against it. But you got to speak words of faith. Oh no, the storm's going to get us. No. Well, we got time. We'll get out of here. And you hurry up and get out of there. You do what you got to do. You, you, you fight the problem and address the problem with your sound mind and the wisdom that God gives you. Don't sit around and let fear cripple you. There are people today that are not even getting out of their houses. And I understand if, if, if your immune system's been compromised and things like that, you, you need to be wisdom. But, man, I'm, I'm not going to forsake assembling together with people. And some people need to stay home if they're, if they're weak. But there are people that are just plain out living in fear. This thing has got them crippled with fear. I see a lot of people. They're just crippled with fear. Um, but the faith, the faith that he had to walk on the water. He knew if that was Jesus, that he could do it. If that's really you, bid me to come. He says, come. He recognized. He knew that there was power in that man. He, he saw the power of the miracle. He, he'd seen the, the water turned into wine. He'd seen the, the, the people fed. He'd seen many healings. He knew that God in the that Jesus, the Son of the living God, the Messiah that was before Him, He knew if that man said come, He could do it. If He said for me to come, I got faith, God is going to allow me to go against the laws of nature and walk on water. He had that kind of faith in His God. How many of us today have that kind of faith in our God? Can God turn things around when it looks like everything's against us? Because you know what the devil tells you? He uses that spirit of fear. He starts speaking in this here. He's saying, oh, you've done it now. Oh, you can't get out of this one. You're going down, brother. You're going down. The devil talks to you that way sometimes. He'll tell you, oh, no, there's no way you're getting out of this. There's, there's no way anything good can come out of this situation. And if you listen to that, that spirit of fear begins to work on you. But you've got to immediately fight it. And I'm going to tell you how to get past this. I'm not just going to describe the problem and how the devil works without giving you a solution. We're going, to get, we're going to give you a way to fix it. The reason that fear is at work, and, and it's one of the oldest tricks of the enemy, the, the reason fear is running rampant in this country, because God is about to send His Son back, and the devil knows his time is short, and he is trying to get people scared to assemble together. He is trying to get people afraid to get too close to other people, get people afraid to trust other people. The devil uses fear to defeat God's creation and God's people. Amen? And he's using it ever as ever stronger and, and he's accelerated his plan because even the devil can see that the time is short. The devil knows he's not got much time left. He's trying to take as many people down and keep them separated or separate them from God even more. The ones that know God, he's trying to pull them down. He's working on Christians overtime today. You know that by the vast majority of the population of the world, Christians are a minority. We're a minority. Anymore, we're a minority. We're going down because people have, have I'm talking real Christians. I'm, talking real, I'm not talking about the ones that go to social club churches. I'm talking about real Christians that believe in the power of God, who walk fearless, who walk in power with that strong mind, and walk in faith, and do the work of kingdom building. Those kind of Christians that speak against the devil, not afraid to rebuke him when he comes at them, that press on. That's the kind of Christian I'm talking about. He knows that, that time is short. He's trying to tear those kind of Christians down. The kind of Christian that I like to believe I am. He's trying to tear us down because he knows his time's short. And he's going to use that tactic of fear ever, ever more strongly. Look how many people he has paralyzed with fear right now. Mm. But we can, we can get past that. And what bothers me is the fact that even some in the church are bowing to fear. There's preachers out there that won't even preach against sin because they're afraid that they'll offend someone and that someone will get mad and pull their ties or leave the church or whatever. I'm not here to be popular. I hope you guys like me. 
But I'm not in a popularity contest. My mandate from Jesus Christ is to preach the uncompromised word and to preach things you need to hear that will make you be conquerors or more than conquerors, as the word says, and overcome fear, overcome sin, and be Christians that make it all the way into heaven, not just play in church. I'm going to preach the word like it means. Is this, is this all right? Because if, you, if I don't, your blood is on my hands. If I get up here and preach candy-coated, feel-good messages every week, my blood, your blood is on my hands. I'm going to tell you what you need to know. And God says you are not supposed to fear anything that comes at you. It don't matter what it is. Fear and worry and doubt, it, it, steals, your, it steals your faith. If you let fear creep in, then your faith is minimized or depleted. You've got to come against it. Peter began to let it come against him. You know, some of the church members, when we go through situations, we hear a bad report from the doctor. Our bank account, there's too much month left at the end of the money. There's problems with their children or our grandchildren or there's problems with our co-workers or there's problems with our neighbors or there's problems with crooked politicians in our local cities and our counties and our towns. And even we know there's corruption at the high levels. Do we sit and worry about them? Or do we try to immediately say, well, I'm ha- I got my doubts about What's going on? I got my doubts about what, what's taking place here. I don't understand this. It doesn't seem like it. Do we sit and worry about it or, or, or just accept it? Or do we immediately hit our knees? I believe if more people in this country would be praying for our leaders and for our nation, I believe if people would get in that mode of prayer first instead of just sitting around, oh no. The biggest thing I hear, Government, I've been hearing for years the government was going broke. I've been, and people were in fear that one day Social Security would be broke and they won't be able to get their, their money or whatever. The government is not the key to my supplier. My God is the key to all my needs. He supplies all my needs according to His riches and glory. I'm not worried about the government keeping me up. I trust in God. If God uses the government to keep me up, that's fine. I'm not worried about what man can do to me. I'm, I want the fear of God to remain strong in me and each and every one of us, if we, had, if we let the fear of God and the reverence and respect for God be at work in our lives and that we would be so attuned with living His Word and walking in faith and walking in power and not doubting and just moving through this junk using the Word of God to fight our battles, we wouldn't have these issues. The churches today are struggling. A lot of the churches are struggling because people are living in fear and doubt. God has not given us a spirit of fear. Alright, so, so we admit that fear is real and the devil uses it. And there's situations out there sometimes that cause us to be anxious. But what do we do about it? We come against it. you got to fight it. If fear is your enemy, you've got to fight it. Anything that is not good for you, that is not comfortable for you, you have to fight it. Anything that makes you anxious, anything that scares you, anything that worries you. And boy, I've, if I would sit and think about all the things coming at me, I could turn even more gray-headed and pull my hair out than what I already am. I I face stuff. I've got spiritual attacks coming at me. But I know that my God is bigger than any of that, and I just trust it to Him. I know that sounds easy, and it's not always that easy, but it can be done. We can overcome anything that comes at us. We first and foremost, we got to know what this Word says. We have got to be in the Word. The time... To be ready to fight the devil is not when he attacks you. The time is before the attack. Getting the Word in you. Building your knowledge up. Renewing your mind. Building up uh, uh, 
a good work and knowledge of where to go. I'm not saying you got to memorize everything in the Bible. I, I can't memorize word for word, and then you got to worry about which translation are you going to memorize. But I know when the enemy comes, and I've got enough of the word in me to know what it means to, to live it, but when an attack comes, I immediately get in this word and start looking. If I'm feeling anxious about a situation, I start looking for scriptures that deal with that situation, whether it's sickness, illness. If you're sick and you need a healing, you need to be looking at the healing scriptures. What, is, what does God's Word say about the healing? Uh, we've got to use the Word to fight that spirit of fear. Look, look how Jesus did it. When Satan was coming at him, he used the Word to fight Satan. When, when fear and doubt comes at us, which we know comes from Satan and anxiousness, we just, we, we fight it with the Word. Devil, no sir, you're not going to do it today. No. The Word says, it is written. That's what Jesus said. And He would quote the Scripture. Man does not live by bread alone. Whatever the situation, quote the Word. My God says that healing is mine. And start quoting the healing Scriptures. Start fighting the, the devil and start fighting fear with the Scriptures. Fear comes from the devil. There was a, a story in Singing News Magazine a couple of months ago. Anyone ever heard of Singing News Magazine? It's Southern Gospel Music kind of magazine, and they tell about the different singers. And there was a singer in there named Terry Terrell, and he was testifying about how he, you know, he knew God had called him to, to the music ministry, and he travels around still today. He, he sings in a lot of the churches, and he does concerts around. And he actually preaches at a church in Mississippi where he lives. But he was on the road one time and he had a great financial need. He needed some, some money uh, to, to work on his uh, motor home that he was traveling in. Uh, he needed money for fuel and stuff. And he, he, go, he was going to these little churches and, and visited with them. And, and sometimes when they collect a love offering, there's just not a lot of love there, if you know what I mean. There's... Sometimes people, for whatever reason, can't afford to, to give or, or, or stingy or whatever. But anyway, he was in great need. And he's saying, Lord, he says, if you want me to keep doing this thing, you've got to provide it. And he's just praying to God. And he's saying, God, you've got to meet this financial need. So he pulls off at a gas station off the interstate to get fuel. And he only had enough money to get a little bit of fuel. And he's, and, he's, and he's standing there and he's concerned and he's, he's sitting there saying, man, i got to get back. i got to get back to Mississippi. And he was way off somewhere singing. He said, I need to get something done. I think he needed some tires or something. And a man pulls up at that gas station and calls him over there and hands him $2,000 in cash that he needed to get home to take care of what he needed. And later on he said he went back and he couldn't even find There was no gas station at that exit that he was sure he pulled off to get that, to get gas in it. That particular exit, he couldn't find that gas station again in, at another time. It didn't even look like there ever had been a gas station. And he was sure that was the exit. If God has to set up a situation and create a whole, whole meeting place for you to meet with the person, I don't know. God gave. God met his need. God. Sometimes God supernaturally will do stuff. Sometimes God will lay on the heart of other people. And I'm not saying that that wasn't a real man that brought him that money. Could have been. But he couldn't find that gas station again. Did God create a gas station to, for that man to park? Maybe for whatever reason that God had laid on that man's heart. You need to hand this man $2,000. He needs. He has need. You have plenty. I've blessed you, whatever. Sometimes God does things like that. But he, he met his need. He trusted him for it. And he, he gave him exactly what he needed at the time. Sometimes we think, God, where are you? I'm waiting. I've got this need. I'm, I, I, and we're sitting there worrying and fretting over our situation. And, and what we think is the last moment, but it's really just God's timing, 
God comes through. And sometimes we, we don't always understand that God's time is not our time, but he will meet, he will meet it. There are many, many, many powerhouse scriptures, and I'm going to move through these kind of fast. There are many scriptures that we can go to when fear starts uh, creeping in. And I'm just using some general ones. When, when your specific problem comes along, there's our specific scriptures that will address your need. You can find specific scriptures. But I'm going to, in general, give you some fear-fighting scriptures. The first scripture I like to use is the 27th Psalm. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn there. I hit a couple of the, the key verses. Really, the, the whole psalm is good. But there's certain, certain ones in there that really jump out at me. The 27th Psalm. And this is David writing this psalm. Everybody remembers David. He killed, he killed the wild animals that, that threatened his sheep. He, he killed Goliath, the biggest enemy against the country of Israel. Everybody else was scared, afraid, too timid to stand up to this big bully. But David had enough faith in his God that he, had, that he stood, that stood his ground. That makes for good preaching. I'll preach on David and Goliath one day. But he stood his ground. And, and David knew the God he served. L listen to this psalm David wrote. He said, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? If God is the stronghold of your life, if God is the key and the bedrock of your existence, there ain't nobody can do anything to you. You can't fear anybody if God is, is the, the center point of your life. It says, when evil evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. When people come at me and try to do me wrong and, and, and mistreat me and cause me harm, it's them that's going to get it because my God will put them in their place. You've seen... You've seen, sometimes we like to call it poetic justice. Sometimes people that are doing bad things, it seems like something ends up happening to them and they get dealt with. We call it poetic justice. I believe it's, it's God dealing with correcting the wrong and, and putting evildoers in their place. Verse 3 says, Though an enemy encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war rise against me, yes, I will be confident. One thing have I asked of the Lord, that, that, that will I seek after, that may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. For He will hide me in His shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of His tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. God will protect me. Oh, the times that God has kept me covered. The time that God has kept me shielded from things that could destroy me. Come on now, some of y'all have had God cover you before. Some of y'all have had God put you in this special place where He comforts you and covers you. I see Brother Don nodding his head. Brother Don knows what I'm talking about. There's times when God just, just covers us and protects us. And as long as we are walking according to His will and we're seeking to please God and we're seeking to, 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 to walk and live a holy life, and, and to be a loving kind of person like God has called us to be. God is going to shelter us. We're under His protective cover. That's what it's saying. And David has known because God's brought David through some stuff. David's been through some stuff. He knows who his God is. He knows that God is able to protect him. Come on now, the odds were against him when he killed that giant. The odds, with that little slingshot. The odds were against him. Uh, the bear and the wolves that he killed when they were trying to attack the sheep. But he knew the power of his God. Drop down to verse 14 there. It says, Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Courage is the opposite of fear. How many ever watched The Wizard of Oz? 
That lion needed some courage, didn't it? The cowardly lion was seeking courage. We don't have to go to the great Oz. We go to the great God, creator of the universe, and we trust in Him. He will give us our courage. As we keep our faith in Him, and we learn how powerful He is, and we get in His Word, and we serve Him, and we grow closer to Him, there ain't nothing can touch us. God is looking for a church today that's walking in power, that's walking free of fear, that's not afraid to call the enemy out and speak the Word against the devil and fight fear with faith. That's what God's looking for. That's the kind of church that's going to usher in the Messiah's return. One walking in power. One walking in courage. One one that believes that their God is so powerful that nothing they face can come against them. That's what God's looking for today, folks. I know sometimes it's hard. But my wisdom and my way of thinking is not near as big as God's way of thinking. God can overcome anything that we think we can't do. We're probably right we can't, but if we'll look in God's Word, God will give us the power that we can overcome whatever we need to overcome. Amen? Alright. I'm going to give you some more and I'm going to go through these kind of fast. I'm going to read some more power Scriptures. Isaiah 35.4 says, Be strong, fear not, behold, your God will come with vengeance, even God with a recompense, He will come and save you. No matter what you're going through, folks, God is going to come and save you from that situation. He's not going to let us fail. He's got a mission for each and every one of us to do. He has a purpose for each and every one of us' lives. He, until we have completed our mission on earth, we're not leaving earth. Amen? Until we've done what God's called us to do, we are not leaving. Nothing's going to, if we're walking in God, we're walking in His will, we, He's going to protect us from everything that tries to stop us. But again, we've got to stand up, have faith, have courage, fight against the tricks of the devil. Sometimes it requires something on our part. We've got to walk in faith. But God's not going to let us fail. He's going to stay with us as long as we are doing what we need to do. As long as we're on that straight and narrow path. As long as we're not just using God as a magic genie. Isaiah 43.1 says, Fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by name. Thou art mine. If we know we are God's child, God has saved us, we are in right standing with God, we are under His protective shelter. If we know that, and we've got that in our hearts, not just in our heads, well, yeah, I think I'm saved. No, I know I'm saved. I know that God has set me free. I know that God has control of my life. If we, if God is mine and I am His. If we know that God sees us as His own child, we know that we're in right standing with Him. We got nothing to fear. We got nothing to fear. But I'll tell you what, the devil uses fear to creep in. Well, are you really right? Are you really saved? And he starts trying to make accusations. He starts trying to put doubt in. Or he starts trying to get you to fear the circumstances. Isaiah 41, 10 and 13. 10 says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. For I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. Deuteronomy 31.6 Be strong and of good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, He is that, He it is that doth go before thee, He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. God promised there. He promises in the New Testament. These are some of the Old Testament Scriptures. He's gone before us. Fear not. 
He will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Don't doubt. Don't fear. I'm not going to let you down. That's what God's telling. He was telling it to the Israeli children. That Scripture is still for us today. God is still with us. Joshua 1.9. Boy, I love Joshua. That was a man that had courage. Joshua 1.9 says, Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid. Be there, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee wherever thou goest. If we truly believe that the living God is with us and that we take Jesus with us every day in our lives, how could we ever be afraid of anything? Folks, it's all about keeping your mind on the Lord, keeping your hearts right with God and walking with Him. He's there with us. Do we really believe it? we got to keep it within us. Psalm 23.4, really the whole 23rd Psalm is comforting. But verse 4 especially says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff comfort me. Folks, there's, there's tons of them. Some of the New Testament fear-fighting Scriptures. Turn to Matthew. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this one. Matthew Matthew 6, I'm going to start a little earlier than what I planned to, a little little further up. I was going to share a couple, but I need to go a little more. Chapter 6, I'm going to start in verse 25. Chapter 6, starting in verse 25. It says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. It is, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet their heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you, are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O you of little faith, therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Wow. Jesus is teaching us, don't worry. Don't worry about what tomorrow brings. Don't worry about the situation. Don't worry about what's going on. Now that's not to say we shouldn't be good stewards and we shouldn't do a little bit of planning and we shouldn't be wise with our resources. It's not telling you not to be that. It's saying don't worry about those things. Plan for them. Do what you can. But don't worry. Don't be anxious. Worry will make an old man or an old woman out of you quick. I have seen people that worry themselves to death. Every little thing becomes a big thing. And I, I, sometimes I like to preach on Mary and Martha because two conflicting personalities. One would sit in the presence of Jesus. The other was up worrying and anxious and fluttering around. And I remember when God was calling me into ministry and I was arguing with him, telling him all the reasons why I couldn't. I need to do this job to take care of my family, yada, yada, yada. I can't afford to go into ministry. When I finally grabbed hold of this Scripture that says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these other things will be added unto you. When I finally got that past here and into here, that's when I accepted God's call into ministry. 
I had to get past that being anxious. And he, he whipped me pretty hard and he said, you're, you're worried. Do you not trust me? How can you preach God's Word if you don't trust me enough to provide for you? But how many of us today sometimes let things come in and worry us and, and cause us to be anxious? Let it go. Trust God to get you through it. Find a Scripture that helps you deal with it. John 14.27 says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth I give you. I give unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Why does why is Jesus saying this? If we let that fear come in, if we let our hearts be troubled, we cannot be productive kingdom building people. We've got to learn to conquer. Face it head on. Conquer your fears. But you face it head on with the power of the Word and you use that Word against it. God's bigger than your problem, folks. No matter what it is. Romans 8, 38 and 39 says, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ our Lord. 1 Peter 5, 6 and 7 says, Humble yourselves, therefore under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time. Casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. Casting some of your care upon Him. Does it say that? It says cast all your care upon Him. Sometimes we like to hold back on some of our cares because there are pet peeves that we just, we just want to sit here and worry about this thing. We just want to sit here and, and nurture this problem Sometimes we, we don't want to let go of him. He says, cast all your cares on me. No matter what it is. Financial. Health. If you cast all your worries, oh Lord, you know the situation I'm going through with my children. You know the situation I'm going through with my finances. Lord, I trust you to take care of it. Lord, I give it to you. Cast all your cares on him. Quit worrying about them. Let God have your worries and your fears. Grab hold of your fear and run it out with the Word of God. Whatever's troubling you, whatever's making you anxious for the day, God, both Old and New Testament, I've read several Scriptures, and there are countless more. I just picked a handful. There are many. Whenever I get to facing a problem, I try to find a Scripture that addresses it. Us old-timers are used to pulling up a concordance and finding certain keywords in a concordance to find Scriptures to help us. We got it even easier than that today. We can say, we can go to Google. What does the Bible say about... And whatever it is, put it in there. What does the Bible say about it? You Google that and you can come up with the Scriptures. Or you can go to different Bible apps that are out there and put in topics or situations... And it'll show you all the Scriptures to read. You know, used to it, it used to be harder back before we were computerized. And I remember, I learned the computer. You guys have always had it, most of you. Caleb, because you're not as old as I am. I know that. He reminds me of that frequently. I'm not that old pastor. I'm not that. But we've, we've got all these modern conveniences today. We can look at You better keep the written Word in case. You better know how to find it in the Word, too. Because one day them computers may fail and, and, and all that. They're, some of the extremists are predicting we may have some kind of major power grid failure and, and the computers and communications and cell phones and everything may go off. I personally think that's going to be during the tribulation after we're out of here. But if you're still left here, God, God I hope none of you are. But if you are, you better know how to look up some Scripture. Keep your Bibles hid because they're going to pull your Bibles away. But if we just learn to take whatever our situation is, find the Scripture, but all too often we let fear begin to cripple us and we begin to sink like Peter was sinking. 
we look at, at the situation and get our eyes on the problem and get off of what, and instead of our Lord, and instead of trusting His Word or immediately going to His Word, we sit there and worry about the problem. We sit there and worry about this thing that's coming at us. And most of y'all probably got really good kids that never cause you any problems. Most of y'all's kids all have halos and, and they never cause you a headache. But my kids, they, they worry the pants off me sometimes. They try to. But I've learned I just give it to God. I pray for them. I, I, I try to use wisdom in communicating with them and showing them the right word. But in the end, it's still up to them. And I'm talking older kids, past, you know, teenagers and above, where they can hear. It's whether or not they process it and do what you try to tell them to do. How many times, how many parents have ever sit, tried to get your kids to learn from their mistakes? My mother had a famous, famous uh, had an had a old come-to line she'd say all the time. She, she traditionally would say, oh, if you kids would just learn from my mistakes. I had to make some of my own. I, I, I did that. But I did learn from some of her mistakes. But when they don't, we just got to put it in the Lord's hands. When, they, when it don't seem like your kids are responding to your teaching, when it don't seem like your kids are, are doing the right things, you just got to put them in God's hands. Not, not all of our kids are perfect angels. and I've been doing a lot of prayer for my kids. I do a lot of prayer for people that I know that are having trouble. Because some things we just can't fix by ourselves. And it doesn't do us any good to sit and worry about them what we should be doing is praying about them and getting involved in some deep intercessory praying instead of being anxious about what's going to happen. Prayer works. The Word works. The Word will work if you use it, but you've got to use the Word. Whatever the situation, you use the Word against it. God does not want us wallowing in our problems. Remember, faith cometh by hearing. Hearing by the Word of God. And if we get that in us, if we get it in there now, when the problem comes, we're less apt to fall to fear and to fall into fear and worry if we've got plenty of the Word in us. I'll admit, sometimes I worry first. I admit it, I'm human. But I'm getting better at recognizing it. And I'm getting better at letting go of that thing quicker instead of hanging on to it. Is everybody with me this morning? You guys are kind of quiet out there. Everybody follow me? Everybody, everybody nod your head. Everybody look like a bobblehead for Okay, everybody's getting it. Fear and faith can't live together. I'm not saying I'm super spiritual and I've never had worry. I have. My wife has. But we have learned that if we get together and pray about stuff, it, it, it leaves. Fear has to flee when you put faith into action. Fear can't live in the same place that faith lives. It just can't. So when the devil tries to throw these tactics at you, and he tries to present these problems and these situations, and he always magnifies them where they're worse than what they really are anyway. Most of the time, when we get through something, we look back and we really look and we say, well, it wasn't as bad. What happened? was the thoughts in your mind become all blown out of proportion because the enemy was whispering into your head, making things look worse than what they really were. But when you quit listening to him and you started praying to God and you started trusting in God, pretty soon that fear and that anxiousness begins to diminish and trickle away. And you walk in the power of that sound mind, that spirit of power and a sound mind that God gave you, not that spirit of fear. Let's pray. Lord, I thank You for this Word this morning. Lord, I thank You that You are bigger than any problem that we face. Lord, You're bigger than any situation that can come at us. You are the God of the universe. You are the only one and true God. And Lord, You have all power. Lord, as we face these troublesome times. And Lord, we know they're troublesome, but we know that greater are You that's within us the Spirit of the living God that dwells within us. Lord, we know that You are greater than any situation that comes at us. Oh, Father God, help us to let our faith grow. Help us, Lord, to 
trusted you more, Lord, to reach to you first when the problems and the situations come at us that would try to tear us down and try to cause us to be scared and try to cause us to be nervous and worry and to the point sometimes even our health gets weak because of our worry. Oh, Father God, we pray. I pray, Lord, today, there are many in this room, I would say, that struggle sometimes with anxiousness and fear and anxiety and pain. And Lord, we all face life. Worry comes at us. Worries come at us. We know that. The, the enemy tries to come at us like a flood. He comes in like a flood. But Lord, You put him at bay. Oh, Father God, help us. Help us to grab hold of that fact that You are bigger than any problem that can come at us. You are bigger than any situation. You are bigger than any uh, government problem. You are bigger than any family problem. You are bigger than any financial problem. Oh, Father God, help us to grab hold of faith and put fear at bay by using the power of Your Word to fight fear with our faith. Oh, Father God, we're grateful to You. Lord, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You for teaching us these things that will help us to be overcomers and not beat downers. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed. If there's one here today that would say, Brother Wally, I, I need to, first and foremost, I need to make my heart right with God. I've, I've not really been walking a faithful life. I've, I've been going through the motions. I'm a churchgoer. But I've not really been, I've never made that point where I've said, Lord, forgive me of my sins and be Lord of my life. I've not done that. You need to, to be reconciled to God. If that's someone here, you've never made Jesus your Lord and Savior, and you want to make that commitment today, please raise your hand. Let me pray. I want to pray for you. Anyone like that? Is there anyone here today that would say, I, I made my heart right with God, but I just, to be honest with you, I've really just not been living it like I should be. I'm not walking in faith. I'm walking powerless. I'm just kind of trying to do this on my own. I've really not given God... I asked Jesus to be my Savior, but I've really not made Him Lord of my life. I've really not let Him have full control of my life. I need to let God have more of me today. Is there someone who would say, I need to let God have more of me today? Is there someone out there? Yes, I see that hand. Thank you. Anyone else? I'm going to have special prayer for you. Anyone else? I need to give God more control of my life. I've not made Him Lord of my life. Okay, I'm seeing that. There's another hand. I see that hand. Anyone else? I want to pray for y'all. God's looking for you to take that first step and acknowledge that you need to let Him have more control of your life. And by raising your hand, you're acknowledging that. Anyone else? I feel like there were three people. I've got two so far. Is there one more? Is there one more? I felt like there was a third one. Anyone else? There it is. Okay, thank you. God sees that. Well, Lord, You've seen the three people's hands that went up acknowledging that they need to let You have more control of their lives. That they need to give You more power in their lives. That they need You to be more... Uh, involved in directing them. I know you speak, but Lord, help them to clearly hear your voice as you're steering them. Lord, they acknowledge before you today that they need to let you have more control. Father God, honor their faith as they took that faith forward and raised their hands and asked for special prayer. Lord, I ask that you give them a special understanding when you're speaking to them, special ability to discern what you're saying for them to do, and Lord, as they humble themselves before You and acknowledge that they need to have a closer walk with You and let You have more control, Father God, grant their prayer. Give them that closeness to You as they humble themselves. Lord, come in closer to them. Make Yourself even more real to them. Let them hear Your voice even stronger, Father God, as they trust in You, as they let anxiousness and fear go, Father God, draw them closer to You. Lord, we thank You for it. 
And Lord, this spirit of fear and anxiousness that's trying to destroy this very country in the form of racism, in the form of discrimination, in the form of fighting and, and, and anger and rioting and all these things that have been sparked by that spirit of fear. Lord, we come against that spirit of fear that would seek to cripple our nation this morning. And we pray, Lord, that Your hand be upon each and every one of us. Father God, that You give us that spirit of power that we rise up and let the power of Your Holy Spirit within us that we rise up and counter those those acts that the devil would try to use to put fear in the hearts of people in our world today, in our country in particular. Father God, help us to step forward with that spirit of power, the Holy Spirit that You indwell us with. We thank You for that, Lord. 